Welcome back to Coffee Time Wednesday. I'm your host, Nicholas Lirio, and today we are doing things a little different. Normally, Kent and Peyton and I would get together and each bring up one topic for about five minutes, talking about it, riffing about it, and maybe complaining about it, depending on how we're feeling. Um, but this time, I we're having a very busy week. And we've got a lot of customers picking up seed. We've been busy. It's 9.30 at night on a Tuesday. And we want to make sure you guys have something to listen to. Coffee time on Wednesday. That's either 9.30 in the morning or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, depending on uh, what uh, what you guys use for your coffee time. And if it's any other time during the day, uh, then you are a heretic. Okay, let's get started. There is something that was announced that I actually wanted to chat about. That's actually part of the reason I wanted to do this this late. I was like, ooh, I get more time to talk about my topic. Uh, it was announced last week that the sign-up for CRP Grasslands came out, right? If you don't know what CRP Grasslands is, you're in luck, so we're about to discuss it. Um, normal CRP, Conservation Reserve Program, is basically an effort by the government to help farmers uh, who have non-productive acres go and put native seed down to help conserve the uh, the native environment while also then they basically pay the farmers a rental fee for that. You might, a lot of people complain, they're like, oh, they're just paying farmers not to pay or they're hiking up the rental rates. What it's meant for is acres that aren't very productive, right? And with the new John Deere's and, and the, new, the new tractors, the new combines, most farmers know which acres actually don't produce for them, right? So they take those seven acres, they pull them out, they put them in CRP. There are people that, you know, I wouldn't say abuse it, but they decide they're going to take their whole 300-acre farm, 250-acre farm, and they're going to put it into CRP. A lot of them are retiring or they're absentee landowners, and so they'll rent it out for one year, and then they put down a bunch of CRP just because they want a place to hunt, something of the sort. Um... That's not our favorite thing, but honestly, we take what we can get when it comes to conservation. Because so many people refuse to do anything with conservation, we have to take the wins with the people who are willing to do it uh, a little bit further than normal. So what that that CRP grasslands, though, is a subset of CRP. CRP grasslands is basically the government telling farmers, hey, keep your pasture in pasture and we'll pay you for it. In two, well, it was in the 80s, corn, early 80s, corn hit $3 and farmers ripped up all the pastures. There are only a few pastures left. Well, in 2008, this is especially in Iowa, right, where corn grows very affluent, affluently, affluently. Oh, man, I wish Kent was here to tell me I'm wrong. In 2008, with the new ethanol bill um, or the new ethanol boom, the... Uh, the rest, it feels like the rest of the cow pastures were pulled out and put into corn, right? So we got a lot more corn uh, bumped up. And in 2014, they announced the CRP or the farm bill of 2014 announced the CRP grasslands. Basically, they're telling farmers, hey, we will pay you to not pull up your uh, pastures. Um, but I believe it's only eligible for smaller uh, herds. You, you can do it for herds of a hundred if it's dairy cows, or like seventy of uh, seventy if they're beef cows. Anything bigger than that, you don't qualify. But you actually would qualify if you have those numbers or less 
qualify for up to 200 acres. Now, these acres, you're not going to get the same payment as you would with CRP. CRP, you're getting like 250 bucks an acre. Well, CRP grasslands, I think you're getting like 15 to 20 bucks an acre. And the purpose is you are already getting productivity off of those acres. Now, you get more money if there are natives on those acres. So, if you've got um, big blue stem and little blue stem and Indian grass and some forbs on there, well, you're going to get more money than if you just have it all brome. Now, they're going to pay 50% cost share as they would with any other CRP for you to add things in there, but I believe it has to already be in a grass cover. So I think you can take it from brome and put it to native seeds, but I actually don't know. And it is so hard to figure that stuff off the internet. I have been searching and searching and searching and watching YouTube videos and and Googling and all sorts of stuff. Could not figure it out. But this year, um, when it was announced, so it, it you can sign up between April 17th and May 26th this year to be a part of the program. Well, the uh, National Farm Service, the uh, agency, the FSA, Administrator Zach, and I think this is his last name, uh, Bucino or Bucino, but no, sorry, Dutchino, not a B. I don't know where that dyslexic letter came from. Dutchino, Dushino. Zach Dushino said, and, and this is a quote Grassland CRP clearly demonstrates that agricultural productivity and conservation priorities can not only coexist, but also complement and enhance one another. The strength of this program lies in its many benefits. Through annual rental payments, the program helps producers and landowners produce and maintain diverse wildlife habitat, sequester carbon in the soil, and support sound, sustainable grazing. These benefits help keep agricultural lands in production while delivering lasting climate outcomes. All right, we're going to go through those things one at a time. The strength of this program lies in its many benefits. First one through annual rental payments. So the government is giving uh, is giving um, money to these farmers. Now, I have heard many farmers uh, complain about these things, but that doesn't make sense because if you grow corn and beans, you also get money from the government just for growing corn and beans. It's like part of the price. It, it, it helps prop up the price of corn and beans. I'm not saying that's wrong, I'm just saying that that's part of there. So it's weird that they would complain about other people getting paid by the government for things. The second thing, the program helps producers and landowners produce and maintain diverse wildlife habitat. That is a huge deal. We were just meeting earlier today. We were just meeting with Bob Jackson, who is like an expert in Buffalo. He is some of the healthiest, most beautiful Buffalo you'll ever see with great Buffalo families and herds. And he says that a huge part of it is having Forbes in his prairie. He uh, he says the Forbes, if, if you want, just in general, if you want a lot of wildlife, you need flowers because flowers attract insects, which attract birds and you get coyotes. And, you know, so you get a lot of diversity when you start getting uh, Forbes. And actually prairie Forb roots go deeper than the famous big blue stem roots or uh, Cytos grama or little blue stem roots. Actually, I think it's compass plant I think has the deepest roots are like 13 feet they're crazy deep and the this program the grassland CRP actually helps the uh, the landowner be able to afford put having a more diverse 
habitat, right? And so a lot of these species that you don't see a lot anymore in Iowa because they have uh, they don't they don't work well in, in cornrows. Uh, you would see in more of these um, in more of these grassland these pastures where you you know you have herds of cattle hanging out, and that is another part of it. Cattle are prairie is not itself without its megafauna. Originally, it had the buffalo and it had elk, and and um, even today we find out grizzly bears would hang out in prairie. Uh, believe it or not, you'll hear more about that later. Um, the without these megafauna, prairie isn't what it is today. I mean, there are some flowers in prairie that literally would only bloom when buffalo had been laying in the prairie there, kind of beaten down all the big blue stem and stuff like that and then and then it would come up i believe it's called a buffalo flower or bison flower something like that that's crazy so you need the megafauna and i believe that with with the healthy cattle healthy families of cattle grazing on this land it would actually help support the diverse wildlife not just of the fauna fauna but also the flora all right so the next thing that he mentioned was sequester carbon in the soil. This is a big deal. Hoxie native seeds applied to be a carbon, um, to get paid for carbon credits, right? It would make sense because we sequester a lot more carbon than most uh, than most farms do. Uh, we aren't allowed to get anything. Here's why. Because companies like Pepsi or Coke, or, uh, you know, maybe some giant manufacturing company. I used to work in an insulation factory. It was a good time. Uh, companies like that, they don't want to pay for people who are already putting carbon in the ground. They want to, because it's all about public opinion, right? They want to tell the public, hey, we changed these farmers' minds. We get more carbon out of the ground. Uh, so since we already, you know, taking a lot of carbon out of the ground, it'd be hard to take more, or not out of the ground, out of the air, into the ground. And so, um, but what these grassland, this grassland CRP, since it promotes more grassland, it promotes more uh, carbon sequestering. And that is a big deal. Uh, we were in Pheasant Fest and you wouldn't believe the amount of people when we were, when they were wanting to buy our backyard pollinator, you wouldn't believe how many of them refused to till up their grass to be able to plant some of this prairie because they don't want carbon being let back out into, into the earth. Uh, if you don't believe carbon being in the air is a big deal, um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I guess we could just, I guess I could pull up more science next time. You know, if, if, if you're really not believing that, shoot me an email. We can go through it step by step. I'm not trying to step on anyone or call anyone ignorant or anything like that. But let's, let's talk about that because that's a, kind of a big deal. And then the next thing that, uh, that the administrator, Mr. who I butchered his name, Zach uh, Ducheneau, uh, said was there was a sound, a, uh, it would support sound, sustainable grazing. That is also a big deal. Um, I'll save most of that for the Bob Jackson episode about buffalo. But what I would say is that I see lots and lots of cattle when I drive to and from work and when I'm driving around the countryside. I see very little of the cattle actually have good places to graze. Most of them are just getting brought hay, um, which, I mean, I'm glad that the farmers are feeding them and I'm glad that they're, you know, the, the cows are producing, they're building meat and that we're able to have beef in the stores. Uh, but there, I believe there's a better way to do it. I believe we can have sustainable grazing. 
because without sustainable grazing and without farming being sustainable, well, I feel like that speaks for itself. We, we want farming to be sustainable. So the, the idea of grassland CRP is something that we love. I mean, my dad, uh, our founder, Carol Hawksberg, has talked about this a bunch already. He said that uh, he thinks that CRP should be able to be grazed, cut it into thirds. One, one third of it can be hayed, one third of it just gets to sit there, and one third of it gets to be grazed by cows. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a productive and ecologically sound and sustainable part of our environment. That's a really that's a really cool thing to have. Now, there are some rules going to the grassland CRP, and that makes sense. You've got to own the ground for 12 months. The ground must be in grass cover already. You can't go from row crop into this. Uh, the cost shares is 50%, which is normal. They're willing to pay up to half. Um, and there are priority zones. The Dust Bowl zone, which is a little scary that the national, the federal government is saying, hey, the Dust Bowl zone, that is no longer a Dust Bowl, but it needs to be a priority. Why? We have these giant aqu aquifers. Well, what's happening in the aquifers? Are they are they draining? What, what's going on? Are they getting kind of low? I don't know. And then the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem is also a priority zone. And I think they're just trying to solidify what is in Yellowstone by giving it a good buffer. I'm not sure exactly, though. Now, I want to go to how our government works. Here in Iowa, we have had a senator who has been with us for a very, very long time, much longer than I've been alive, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley. I actually don't have anything against him personally. I have never met him personally. I know that he says things that we don't always agree with, but he is doing his best. I believe he's doing his best to represent the people we're around. So I'm not here to change his mind. I'm on, on the best thing for it. I'm here to help educate the people that vote for him and say, hey, send this dude a letter and say, this is if if he's in your district, this is what, uh, this is what you should go for. We interviewed... Um, uh, Ryan Callahan from Meat Eater, and his big thing all the time is email or mail or send a message via smoke signal, however you need to, to your representatives on a more local level, on a larger federal level, at a state level. Let them know what you are wanting. But how do you know what you want if you are unsure of what's going on? And that is my role. Help you guys understand what's going on. So, he was questioning the uh, the administrator of the FSA, uh, Zach Ducheneau. He was he was, and basically Zach Ducheneau is part of the Biden administration. He's under Vilsack, uh, who is the head of the USDA. And um, Grassley was it was a little accusatory. I got these quotes from YouTube from a video of on Chuck Grassley's YouTube, and he was basically saying like, "Hey, your CRP programs are." taking away uh, farmland. But I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll quote it. Um, Ducheneau, when asked by uh, Chuck Grassley uh, how he felt about the CRP, which is basically a vague way of what he had said, uh, Ducheneau said, we've been looking about how do we better use land that is in the CRP program so that we can have meaningful ag production while taking the conservation steps that will improve soil health and improve our ability to continue our ability to grow our health in the future. What does that mean? That means that the uh, the USDA, the FSA, is looking at enhancing CRP program so that it can add to not only the economy, but the ecosystem in a more viable, sustainable way so that we are actually able to add back into the soil health and not just drain the soil. Because 
believe it or not, the soil is not a limitless resource. It is not limitless. I mean, we, we had snow all over. We, we have snow every year in Iowa and, and, and this year, very quickly after it snowed, all of the drifts were covered in brown. Why? Because the soil was eroding. It was blowing. It was wind erosion. It was blowing onto, um, onto the snowbanks, and that can only happen for so long before. Well, I mean, we all know how bank accounts work. You got to put more in than you take out, or eventually, maybe it'll be a long time, but eventually, it will run dry. And 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 so, what the USDA is trying to do with CRP is is make it a viable option economically for farmers, not just farmers who are retiring, not just farmers who have a tiny acre here or there, you know, uh, make it a viable option economically so that it's adding to the marketplace. And it's not just the government handing out money all over the place, but it's actually producing for society while also helping the soil health. This is what we are about. We are about uh, economies thriving while the while the ecology and the ecosystems are thriving. Both can happen at the same time. They just can't happen how we're doing it. I do think it's very interesting that in the same conversation, the same YouTube clip, Senator Grassley said that in 2021, CRP was encroaching to overstep cash rent, which would take away land that could be rented by young and up-and-coming farmers. Look, guys, I know dozens, if not hundreds, of young guys that would like to farm or do farm, and none of them own their own farm ground. I know one farmer, roughly my age, that uh, was able to start it out on his own, and it was such a big deal that it made state, multiple state headlines. That's how rare it is. Everyone else has to inherit. The only way to get into farming is to have $10 million on the side or inherit. So I'm not totally sure who he means by young and up and coming farmers. I do think that uh, I I do think that would put him a little out of touch, right? It, it's it's kind of romantic to say, oh, the young and up and coming farmer who who's going after, who's trying his best, who's working from from uh, from dawn to dusk just to make it happen. Yeah, that those don't exist. Uh, they are not there anymore. Um, I, I mean, you, there's always the exception, but, but what's really going on is 75 year old farmers whose sons have helped them their whole lives, whose grandsons might be a part of it. And now they're going to pass it on. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Just don't romanticize something to, to make your point sound better. Um, see the cash rent that's going out. Everyone that I know that rents ground for production. And I again, I know I know a lot. I know quite a few, you know, I'm in the farming in, in our farming community. I I mean, they they're all 45 and older. Uh so if that's what you mean, I mean Grassley's he's up there. So if that's what you mean by young and up and coming, my goodness, go get him. Uh but there is nobody in their, you know, mid upper 20s, lower 30s who who's able to strike it out on their own without being able to inherit something. And that is because farming has become such a factory, so mechanical, so efficient um, that it's cutting out anybody from being able to get in from the baseline floor. That's the same thing. I, uh, my friends are trying to buy houses and do real estate in California, 
Whereas my wife and I were able to do it. We were able to do it in Iowa very easily without high paying jobs. Well, in California, that's impossible. Why? Because the floor, the financial floor is too high to get into. Even though the roof might be a lot higher, the financial roof in California is a lot higher. Well, with agriculture, the floor is becoming too high for people to get into it. And since farmers can now farm 10,000 acres instead of, you know, only being able to farm 300 acres, well, then that leaves out a lot more room. If, if they have the time and the capability and the machinery to make more money, you know, usually they're going to. All right, I'm going to digress on that point. The main point here is that I believe our government is trying their best with CRP to give economic and ecological uh, choices for farmers to be able to do both so that we can work with the land that we are connected to. Oh, and I almost forgot my sources. Uh, sorry, Mrs. Watson. Um, Grass Leak Questions, FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau on YouTube. That's the video. Uh, FSA.USDA.gov. FSA and the two articles on the on that website that I read where USDA announces Grassland Conservation Reserve Program sign-up for 2023, Grassland CRP sign-up 205 overview, and iacattleman.org. They also had a, uh, a great article about it. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day.